to Season 5, Episode 1 of As You Go, a podcast meant to encourage and disciple women who are daily trying to follow Jesus while balancing all of the things in their lives, like work, family, friendships, mental and physical health, and so much more. I'm Miranda, hosting alongside Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Hello, Miranda. And we are so excited to have Kelly Minter with us for our Season 5 opener. Kelly is, of course, one of our favorites. We love having her on. She is an author, speaker, musician, and, of course, a dear friend. Kelly, thank you so much for being here with us today. I am so excited to be here with two of my favorites. Oh, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. We're just friends talking, just chatting. So here we go. Let's do this. So, Kelly, for our listeners um, who might not know who you are, would you just start by sharing a little bit about who you are Maybe a little bit about your family, maybe some of those interests that you have. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have been in Nashville for 22 years now. I can't believe it. Grew up in Northern Virginia and grew up as a pastor's kid, oldest of four. So was almost born into the church. But my parents started a church the year before I was born and I was there for 25 years. And then I'll let you all do the math on how old I am. (laughs) But I've been in Nashville for a long time and... I'm a Bible study uh, teacher. That's my passion. I love teaching God's word and helping apply it to our everyday lives because it is meant to be applied to our everyday everyday lives, but also helping people understand the historical context. You know, Mm -hmm. what did it mean then? And if we know what it meant then, then we can better know what it means for us now and today. So I love that the word of God has changed my life, has healed my heart completely reordered my steps, taking me on a totally different path than I would have gone on my own. So that's my passion. So I write Bible studies. I teach the Bible. I also love music. Used to do more of that, singing and songwriting, not as much these days because of so much writing and teaching Mm -hmm. and such. Uh, I have a podcast called The Cultivate Podcast where I do. I just Bible teach pretty much and invite people along to learn more about God's Word. I've got nieces and nephews that are the delight and joy of my life. A few of them live down the street. In fact, I had Lily with me yesterday. She's the youngest and she is never short on a good time. We, I was driving <laughs> my nieces Harper and, and Lily back with my sister from the mall and dropped them off at the house. Harper gets out, heads back in and Lily's not moving. And we're trying, we're like, Lily, you got to get out. And she's like, nope. I'm staying. I want to go back to your house. And I'm like, well, we have a dinner party tonight. She's like, well, basically okay. deal with it. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> doesn't, but doesn't bother me that you've I'm got a dinner party. You know? I'm here so, for it. Anyway, so she came back with us. She really did. And, it, you know, so it's, it's great. Uh, I, I'm not married. I don't have children on my own. So I live by myself, but have a really, really rich community of friends and family and church community around me and am very grateful. So that's... I feel like to get to know Kelly, you get to know some of her family members, which are some of just the best humans ever. Um, Lily is, she's just, she is precious. <laughs> she's her own she person. Is, she is incredible. I can't, I can't wait to see what the Lord does through Lily yes. um, in the years to come. So many people might know you as speaker, teacher, author, Um, And you do such a great job on socials and just when you speak of bringing in those real life stories of who you are and what you're experiencing and what the Lord is teaching you and the ins and outs of 
you know, house renovations and gardening and, and things like that. Um, but it's been a minute, like a year, I think, since we've talked to you on podcast, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's been going on with you? What are, what are you into these days? <laughs> well, well, I think I'm into the same stuff I was into a, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. I'm, I'm pretty boring and pretty consistent, but, <laughs> but now I, I, I mean, it's been really, honestly, it's been a great year. I've, I've been able to pace myself a little bit more and family and friendships have become increasingly, uh, not important, but I have become increasingly intentional about making sure that I have time for the people in my life and also for neighbors and community, you know, being around for the people that live around me, um, those who would claim Christ and those who would very plainly not claim him, and to be a presence in their lives where they know me, they know that I love the Lord, and sometimes that's a quick touch point, sometimes it's something more. So that's, that's been one change. Maybe I don't want to say slowing down, but shifting a little Mm -hmm. bit more, you know, a little bit less travel, a little bit more homemade eggplant Parmesan from the garden There we go. to have people over and to share it. So that's become a real um, emphasis for me, but yeah, uh, JMI work, which is Justice and Mercy International. So in the Amazon, in, we do work in Moldova, Italy. I don't want to get ahead of us, but doing some of the mission work, I'm writing a new Bible study on the book of Esther, which I'm very excited about. Cannot wait. So I'm really Cannot excited. Wait. What a what a what a interesting book and so different from pretty much every other book in the Bible. And let's see. Traveling to speak and writing and such. So yeah. I do have one specific question before we move on, and I need to hear a little bit more about the electric bike. Can you, yes, can you just tell us a little bit? Bike. I'm, well, I'm I mean, intrigued. Everybody's got them now, right? It's like the new fad. I, I keep wondering, is this going to be the thing of like, the? is it going to go the way of the rollerblade or mm-hmm. what, you know, rollerblades? <laughs> but I, yes, a friend of mine got one. Then she got another one because she didn't want to ride by herself. And mm-hmm. then I bought one. And so it's a whole thing. So it's, it's, they're really fun. First of all, you don't have to exercise, but you can feel like you're exercising. So that's, that's okay, Miranda, one. Miranda, we need, we need I one of really these. I really like this. Now, I people, like what I'm hearing. People who claim that they still get a lot of exercise on it, just, you can pat their head and say, bless okay. your heart. But it's, I don't know. I mean, you might get a little bit, it's no, it's no, it's no out there running or by, you know. Right. But it is so fun. So you have to pedal for it to engage. So you can't just sit there. Right. You right. can actually. There's a throttle, but that you wouldn't do that. So once you start pedaling, it kicks in and it assists you. And it's just really fun. And there's different levels of assistance. So if you hit a hill, mm. you just pop that thing to like, I need four out of five assistance. And and then you just, it's like, you know. It's just making your legs move. Yeah, it, just. yeah it, it's just awesome. It's really fun. And there's a lot of greenway trails, at least in Nashville, that we've been finding places that are only 25 minutes from my house, but where you're you're going over the Harpeth, you're through a cornfield, and you're like, I've lived here all these years, and I didn't even know this existed. That's amazing. So it's really fun. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah. I really, I like what I'm hearing, though, with yeah. the assist and yeah. the, I feel, <laughs> Yeah, I, feel I was like with somebody else the other day, and she's like, well, I don't even have the assist on. I'm just pedaling. I was like, well, that's great for you, and I do not feel any guilt. I'm on assist number two right now. So, yes. So if you want to make it hard on yourself, you can, and if you don't feel like it, you just 
you just say, I need help today. It's awesome. We, we need that in our lives, right? Like just how much assistance how much do, assist I do I need, I need today? today? Yeah. yeah. I'm like a cyst yeah. five. Is that like, uh, is that an option? Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. Well, um, thank you for sharing the electric bike. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm kind of mulling this over Kathy. We might need to, maybe we could purchase one for the office or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're very fun. <laughs> um, okay. So, Kelly, you mentioned that you are you are just a huge partner and supporter of JMI Justice and Mercy International. Can you just tell for those listeners who might not know much about what JMI, JMI is and what they do? Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I would love to. I've been working with JMI, which, like you said, is Justice and Mercy International for the last 15 years. And. We do work in Moldova, which some of you probably have heard of Moldova recently because of the war between Russia and Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And Moldova sits right between Romania and Ukraine, and they're really squeezed there. A lot of them are very sympathetic to Russia, and then a lot of the Moldovans are sympathetic to the West and to Europe. And so they're they're just it's a it's a country torn into in many ways. It's very impoverished, and there are a lot of vulnerable children there. I would say orphans, except for that Moldova has shut down most of their orphanages in order to join the EU and show that they don't have an orphan problem. But mm. really, they are orphans. They are social orphans. There might be a child living with a 12-year-old sister or, wow. you know, uh, one parent that's there half the time. So we do a lot of work there. We have transitional living homes for those children. We have sponsorships for them. And, and do incredible sponsorship programs there. And then we also work in the Amazon jungles of Brazil, which, Kathy, you've been. We've been there together. We do a lot with uh, investing in jungle pastors, indigenous pastors and, and their wives uh, or indigenous missionaries that work all along the riverbanks of the Amazon, which is a, a largely forgotten area. So we do a lot with them. We minister to their communities when you can get to the pastor, you can also get to the children and the families. So we have a lot of sponsorship opportunities there as well. And we also are doing a little bit of expansion into Italy, which mm. I know people are like, hmm, tough life. Glad you got to go to Italy <laughs> twice last year. <laughs> right. But really, uh, su surprisingly, um, Italy is, an incre is incredibly resistant to the grace-filled message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they are they're such fun people, very self-sufficient and very like we've got this. And so there are not a lot of uh, evangelical churches, if you will, in in Italy. And so we're, we're we're exploring just what that looks like. So, yeah, just really love getting to do a lot of work with them. Yeah. And having been, I've also got to take a trip with my daughter to the Amazon and I would just yes. highly recommend to any of our listeners, you can go on JMI's um, website and see what they have available um, on the Rolling Hills website as well. Um, but it is a, a life changer, a game changer yes. uh, to go on one of these trips and to just even be able to visualize how um, how those people live and um, to see the joy that they have in their hearts, even though material-wise they don't have yes. much of anything. 
And it's just such an eye opener. So um, definitely to our listeners, if you ever get a chance to go on one of these trips, it is um, so worth it. Yeah. Justiceandmercy.org is the website. Great. But yeah, it is. It's life changing. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, it has changed. Going there has in both places, all three places, it has changed how I spend my money. It's changed what I give to. It's it's changed how I use my resources and my time. I mean, it's just changed everything. So it's really, really wonderful. Um, and speaking of Italy, I know, as you mentioned, you recently went there. And um, when often when we go on one of these trips, we have like a takeaway or something mm -hmm. that we learned. And I think you kind of wrote about it a little bit in one of your blog posts. But can you just tell us from your from visiting Italy, what was your big takeaway or what what do you think God was showing you yeah so it was really interesting because a lot of times you'll go on a trip like that and you expect that you're going to be challenged or changed in one area and then God surprises you in a completely different area mm -hmm. and so we were there doing 10-hour day camps for children and yes you heard me correctly <laughs> 10 hours Kathy's husband Scott was there with me and we we're 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. So, hey, listen, if you want to drop your child off for 10 hours, just come to Milan, Italy next year, and we will take your kid from 8 to 6. Wow. So I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was back home thinking he's there eating pasta and, oh, yeah. and gelato, like, all day. That's oh, what no, he's we doing. Weren't. No, we, it was the hardest mission trip I've ever been that's on. No, it was it was <laughs> awesome. It was really cool. But that's what we were there to do right. as part of helping a local church there reach the community so a lot of these these kids their parents came back for church which was awesome but what was so awesome is I was there with Sam and Joan Fiore they're in their 70s they were called to be missionaries in Italy 40 some years ago their daughter Nina and her husband Michael who have also planted a church and then their three children Max Jake and Glory that all live there and all three generations of this family live within walking distance of one another and they all served together, but what astounded me? So I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be ministered to by ministering to the kids and mm -hmm. seeing the church and all that, which I was. But what completely changed, honestly, like my whole perspective was how they lived with what uh, one one of my favorite authors, Rosaria Butterfield, says. She calls it radical ordinary hospitality, mm. and that's what it was. It was everyday ordinary, but it was radical in the sense of. They just had people in their homes at all times. And the door was always open. There was always a coffee mug ready to be filled with coffee or tea. There was always, you know, a baked good on hand or an extra seat at the table. Nothing right. was fancy. People were sitting on piano benches. They were sitting on the floor. Mm -hmm. They were sitting on a beanbag. But everybody was welcome. And they have all kinds of people in their homes. One of the, the, the third generation, Jake, he's probably... 29 years old, he'd come back to his house after being in Africa for 10 days on a medical missionary trip. He came back, didn't even know we were all there and that people were staying in his bedroom. Mm. No, they just had like kind of forgotten to tell him. So he walks in and it's like, oh, oh my gosh, okay, there's a mission trip here and somebody's in my room and that's fine. I'll just sleep on the couch and so happy to do it. No, like, and I was thinking <laughs> I would be so mad right now and so <laughs> frustrated and he was delighted. And so it just that radical, ordinary mm -hmm. hospitality. And I was asking Joan about it after the fact. So I said, Joan, I don't know how you do it, 
you always have a meal ready. You always have a cup of tea. You always have a cup of coffee, whatever. You always have a bed. And she said one of the things that the Lord taught me early on, and I love this, is she said one of my favorite um, messages from Jesus himself is when he would say to his disciples, have them sit down. And I just, those four words of when they see the, he'd see the masses and he would say to his disciples, have them sit down. And she said, I knew right then when I began to see Jesus do that over and over, how sacred and how important it is for people to be able to, no pun intended for you, Kathy, well, you can share that story if you want, but just to have somebody come in and sit down at the table. <laughs> so, so joke that Kathy and I have about her coming in and sitting down because her husband yes. Scott is such a good he cook. cooks and, and I just come home and sit down go, and yeah. he feeds me. Yeah, my mom's like, what, Kathy, you just come and sit down? And she's like, well, I do a little more than that than just sitting down. But <laughs> but that idea of, of how often do we do that in our crazy culture where somebody can come in and they know that you mm. have the time for them to sit down. And what kind of ministry takes place when the people sit down and you give them something to eat? Isn't that powerful? It is. And I feel like it's so counterculture to, and I don't know that it's always been this way, but we're so protect, protect your time, protect your time, protect your time. You know, what can I say no to? What can I say no to? What can I say no to? How's that maybe shifted for you since you've been back? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's two sides of the coin, right? Because there is something about saying, hey, I need to protect my time with the Lord, or I need this time of rest on a Sabbath, or there is something to be said for that. I just think our culture has swung so far on that, that it's all about boundaries, protecting our time, not that we have forgotten that our whole call as believers is to lay our lives down for the mm -hmm. Lord and for each other. And it's interesting to me because people even in my own neighborhood, if I open the door, I want them to come inside. When I go to their houses, for the most part, they step outside and close the door behind them and they're happy to see me. But for whatever reason, it's like, ooh, I'm not gonna actually have you in, you know? And I want people in. I want them to feel, you know, that, that level of comfort. And I think there's just a lot of times where I, I wanna be able to be interrupted. I want to be in a space where if somebody needs me, that I can be interrupted. And I, I think, Kathy, you know, you, you and I have talked about this since coming back from Italy. I was always thinking about, okay, how do I protect my time? And then here on this day, from these hours, I will serve. And then I have to have protected time. And then on these days, and I kind of flipped it in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm going to kind of reverse this. How about I'm always just ready to go <laughs> like you know and I'm not doing this perfectly I'm just saying this is a mentality mm -hmm. that I'm after but how about when I'm just ready for whatever comes my way and then I'm just going to let the Lord help me find respite as I as I need it and so I kind of reversed it and honestly it's a little easier just to kind of go that way than it is to finally then to be always making decisions of like, well, is that going to encroach them? It's like, right. hey, we're going to get, we'll have time in heaven to rest. You know, <laughs> it's like, let's just be about, so there, there's, a, the Lord has already begun to open my eyes to so much. And I will say this for those, you know, just open your eyes to your neighbors. Hmm. Like, and, and just whatever, if you're not, if you don't like to cook, Drop by flowers. Drop by something for their child that's going back to school. If you like to cook, great. 
put a little to go. You know, I learned the to go from your husband, mm. uh, Kathy, from you and Scott when I'd come over for dinner. And then I'd be like, "This is amazing." He's like, "Great, you're going to take some home." And <laughs> you he these really handy tomorrow. little plastic like to go things. And I'm like, "Wow, I, I'm not prepared like this." So you know what? I went to Kroger. They had them on sale. I bought them half price. I bought a bunch. And so then I, if I have extra food, I s- set it at the neighbor's doorstep. Sometimes they will actually have me come in and you get to have a conversation and you get to, to learn who they are. But I just am, I feel very strongly that there are a ton of people living in terrible isolation and loneliness and they're right on top of us. We just don't know it. And so I am excited already. The Lord's opening my eyes to a lot of things and giving me some encounters, but I'm excited for more of right. this because I watched what was going on in Italy. I'm like, this is so cool. Um, it doesn't have to be as formal quite as right. we've, mm-hmm. we've made it. So, and that's the, as you go, right. Mm-hmm. You don't yes. have to, that's the whole premise of just yeah. as you go, as you have opportunity, Oh, you've got an, you've got an extra meal. So mm-hmm. that child can come in and have a seat at the table. Um, you know, so right. Yeah. It's exciting. I love that. I love that. And I think that's one of the, when, when we talk to women, one of the things that they just struggle with the most and the things that get in the way of them serving and, um, having a closer relationship with the Lord, um, is it's just busyness and it's, so it is switching your mindset to being available and being available doesn't always mean that's convenient. What's most convenient for us, right? No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. I got the text yesterday. Like, are you home? Can we stop it? You know, and I was thinking, yes, and I've got to prepare. And sometimes you do have to say, like, I'm I'm not saying that we just roll it. But, right, right. but I thought, yeah, but it's fine if this person wants to come over and have my house for a couple hours. Like, mm-hmm. that's all right. I can mm-hmm. do that. You know, and so just kind of switching the, the mindset. Yeah. And then it, trusting that the Lord will give you the time you need to get the things that are important yeah. done. It's kind of relieved me. Mm-hmm. I'm not having to be as... Uh, trying to negotiate everything. Right. You know, it's just sort of like, all right, here it is. <laughs> here you know, I am. <laughs> I'm going to find, yes, I'm, I'm going to find the time as needed. So. I love it. But it's yeah. also very rewarding. It's just very exciting to see God working in people's lives. Right. And that's thrilling to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, I love that you shared a lot of that in one of your blog. And I've, I've really enjoyed getting those because I think, you do such a beautiful job of sharing what the Lord is teaching you through your own life. What's he teaching you through what you're studying, what you're writing about, what you're experiencing. Um, and recently you had a, a blog post, which I thought was absolutely incredible on singleness. Um, just very well written based on your own journey, based on what the Lord has taught you, is continuing to teach you. Tell us a little bit about that. What prompted you to write that? Yeah, so I I know we had talked about this, Kathy, even where I, I had been praying over the last few months that the Lord would show me what the needs are around me. And, and instead of thinking, okay, I'm going to write this or I'm going to speak on this because this is what I think people need. Like, Lord, what do people actually need? And then let me let me address that as you lead me to. And one of those things was I did get, I would get a lot of direct messages over socials or people at events or what have you asking about, I'm single. How do you do it? It's been really hard for me. Or a mother 
coming up to me and saying, my daughter's single and it's killing her and it's killing me. And, and, and I never really wanted to write about it because I didn't want to be the poster child for singleness. I never really wanted to be the poster child for anything because we all have things that we deal with. But I also came to this realization, but I can speak into this Mm -hmm. because this has been my entire life. And at this point in my life, I've gone through the, the crushing parts of it and the devastating, lonely parts of it. And I've also really enjoyed some of the blessings of it, of being single. So that's what made me want to write it to finally have something that I could say, well, these are some thoughts. And I specifically said some brief thoughts on singlehood because really you could do a whole book on something, a topic like that. And my experience is not everyone's experience. So these are just my experiences and what I've right. learned and and it's brief it's you know a couple thousand words but it's mm-hmm. it's not meant to be exhaustive or to to touch everything but yeah that's what I that's why I wanted to write it I think there are a couple things for me that really were helpful um and and one was the reminder that one thing doesn't replace another right and so you, you shared a lot about, you know, your nieces and, and nephews and they're incredible and I love watching you with them and just the stories that you have. Um, but our one maybe grieving one area of our life, you know, isn't necessarily replaced with another. Right. But it's recognizing the beauty of mm-hmm. The, blessing. the different the blessings yeah. yeah I think people would say well look at all the things you get to do that a married person can't do or isn't it great that you have nieces and nephews and yes all those things are true that doesn't replace that I don't have children it doesn't replace that I'm not a wife that I don't have a husband yes I have these other things that are amazing but they're not replacements N- n- nothing is a replacement for the other so just acknowledging that right that you can have a a joy and a delight and still acknowledge a void in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought it was so thoughtful um, because it can be sensitive and difficult <laughs> yes. and um, people do think about it differently. And I just, I thought it was one of the most thoughtful, well-written um, posts that I've seen on it. Mm-hmm. So I really thank you for sharing that and kind of, being transparent and it was I I think a lot of women would benefit from reading that yeah and if you haven't had time to read that or haven't seen that yet we'll post that link um, in our show notes and I would encourage you no matter what season you're in or you know whether you've walked through a journey of singleness or not it's just so helpful we can learn from each other right you are in different seasons um, how to love well and we can also learn more about who God is as we listen to other people share their heart and what the Lord is teaching them. So, so grateful for that. Okay. I, we just can't not talk about your parents. I, (laughs) Mike and Kay, Mike and Kay. um, So not too long ago, moved from Virginia and now are here in Tennessee we went from having just a, a small number of mentors in Tennessee to now having. We have an astounding amount of there's mentors. A, there, yes. there are a lot of mentors. There are so um, many. And they are absolutely incredible people. We absolutely adore Mike and Kay. We talk about Mike and Kay probably around our house 
probably equal to the amount of times we talk about our foster grandbaby, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, because we just get so Aww. much joy um, from it. They are incredibly funny, even though they don't intend to be. Yes, mm -hmm. that is so true. Right? Uh -huh. So what is it? <laughs> I'm just going to word this this way. What is it like for you as an adult child raising adult parents? <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well, yes, I did get a text from my mom as recently as last night. Hey, can you book a flight for me to D.C. and back? This is when I need to be back. This is when I can leave. Thanks. So it's more like an assistant to adult yes. parents. Yes. And, you know, we go over to my parents' house and it'll be me and my brother and my sister. And be like, OK, I need one of you to come upstairs and help me with something on my computer. And we all just immediately try to get out of that and push <laughs> it on the other person. But. No, it's great. I love having them here. I wouldn't have it any other way. I am so thankful for their lives, thankful that that they're healthy and that they're serving mm -hmm. at Rolling Hills. And what a blessing that is. And to see them thriving and meeting so many fr new friends and using their gifts, it's a real picture of you are never, you know, it doesn't matter what your age is, the Lord, the Lord can use you. But it is, mm -hmm. yes, it is very funny. And there's um, a lot of, yeah, interesting, <laughs> fun, fun things, that, they, for, especially those who know my dad, that you know. That oh, he, my he goodness. Is great. And he, he is uh, one of our He's teaching pastors here at Rolling Hills. He does have a big, incredible personality, a beautiful, beautiful heart for the Lord and for people. Um, but he does say, you know, he, he comes into the building, just stirs things up and then leaves, yeah. you know, just for yeah. fun. Mm -hmm. That's what he likes just to do. Just for fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and on, you know, we, we spend a lot of time helping him with tech and he spends a lot of time encouraging and praying for us. And so we have loved, and then mom is just the social butterfly. Um, everybody loves her and, but I've loved the way that they have jumped in, even in a later season of life, transitioning you know, new church, right? New yes. area yes. and have just jumped in and gotten plugged in and created that community and really invited so many of us into your family mm -hmm. to where we feel like we're, you know, a sister or a child yes. or whatever They're, Your family is just does such a great job of that. Yeah, they are just incredible. And they really, that is one thing that I've been so grateful for as a single daughter of theirs, that they really have embraced my friendships as as my family and as their family and yes. that has meant a lot to me and my friends love them so that that is a, a real blessing and a real gift and I would say for parents of single adult children to embrace their friends because that is the family that they have right, right mm -hmm. now and it, it it never means more to me than to stand back and to see you know like one of my closest friends Mary Catherine and April sitting with my dad or, mm -hmm. or taking a trip to Lowe's to get plants with my mom, mm -hmm. you know, that, that means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how many times a day does your dad call you or contact <laughs> you for tech support? I just need to know. Well, he, he knows that here's the thing. Lucky for me, I'm not that great as it is on tech. So mm -hmm. it's kind of good. I'm not really on his top hot, you know, I, I'm, I'm You're not like on a his level favorites. three assist. Yeah, I'm kind of like assist. down there. It's almost sort of like only when I'm over, you know, and I can get the printer going or what have you. But I do hear from him on a regular basis just about all other things, you know, theological, 
mm-hmm. messages, sermons that he's enjoying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of, when it, when are we having him for dinner? Those kinds of things. So, yes. <laughs> and it is so adorable. So your mom, Kay, um, because I can't imagine how hard that probably was for her to move and just have a completely new community yes. in several ways. But um, we have our uh, midweek Bible studies, our women's groups. It's called The Gathering. And Kay is a leader. Yeah. And it is so adorable to watch how the women just kind of gravitate around her. Mm-hmm. And she has been just a pillar of wisdom. And she just obviously has so much experience. And so it's been really neat to watch her just get so involved. It's been awesome. I was so glad because I didn't know. I mean, after 50 years almost of having your, your, your own church and, and I mean, what a massive shift to come to a place where you really don't know many people. They knew a few people from our JMI trips and my relationships with Rolling Hills, but I wasn't sure. And, and my mom, you know, she, she was like really wanting to distance herself from me and my dad at Rolling Hills because she did (laughs) not want, she wanted to come in on her own terms, which I really appreciate. And it's like, I don't want to be Kelly's mom. I don't want to be Mike's wife. Mm -hmm. Like I'm coming in, people are going to like me or they're not, they're going to, you know, and it's been so funny to see everybody naturally, I think they're drawn to her because of Christ in her. Yes, and yes. See absolutely. That. And absolutely. There's it, and it's not her mm-hmm. resting on either one of us. And it was right. really funny because actually I think it was, you had Christy McClelland out yes. one day and she goes, oh, Kelly Minter's mother's here. And mom's like, she outed me in front of the whole <laughs> group. And I said, mom, what's so bad about that? She's like, I don't want people knowing that we're related. I just want to come in like as my, you know, we were laughing about that, but that is my mom in that she didn't want people's to be colored. You know, she just wanted to come in and right. do her thing and suss out how much she wanted to do, you know? Right. And, and yet how beautiful that it, it, she's been able to have, honestly, in some ways, almost more of a ministry here not that she had, not more of a ministry than she had at Reston Bible Church, but I think when you're not the lead, when you're not right. married to the lead pastor, there's a little bit more of a freedom, and mm-hmm. I think she's enjoying that. Yeah. So. Well, and I just want incredible. to be clear that it was Christy that outed her. I never, I, Miranda, ever you mentioned. are safe. Christy already <laughs> knows. We've already talked about this. She's like, I feel so bad. I said, no, you are just such a delight that you just wanted to make sure that, you know, everybody was being honored, you know, however. <laughs> oh, but so, Christy is hilarious she's the, the way she said it and everything. I mean, she just had everyone One rolling. of our very favorite, oh, yeah. one of my personal, not just great Bible teacher and author but now just truly one of my favorite friends yes I love her yes she's she's got just a dynamic personality oh. and it's oh. so fun to talk to her yes yes um okay so switching gears a little bit um a few weeks ago you spoke at our rolling hills women's event called invited um and this is just a night um where women can come and just be encouraged in their faith we have dinner worship speaker you, Kelly. Um, and so it was just such a powerful night, and um, you delivered such a meaningful and impactful message. Um, but here's my question for you You have spoken so many times to rooms full of women. So, what's that like? What is your favorite part of events like that when you get to speak to women? Well, my favorite favorite way to speak to women is for me to be at my house 
with no one around writing Mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. That's what I love to do. I love to write. And I love to think about the women that are going to be receiving because I can get it exactly how I want Mm -hmm. it when I write it, right? I can go back a million times. I can call Kathy. I can call you, Miranda. I can say, look at this. What do you think? I can change it. And then speaking, though, is a totally different thing. You don't get to... You don't get to go do a redo. Right. You say what you said. <laughs> uh, if people liked it, great. If they didn't and you missed something or, oh, man, well, there it is hanging out their lives. So to answer your question, I always – I don't want to say I get nervous, but I always feel very – sometimes I do get nervous, depending on what it is. But I always feel a sense of great responsibility. And what I think about when it comes to speaking – I think of it like skiing and I'm actually don't have a lot of experience skiing and I'm not really that good. So take this with a grain of salt. But I think about skiing, how if you know how to, you know how to ski, but every time you're on a different slope, it's a different, it's a different route down. It's what's the word trail, whatever it is. Every, it's just different. The snow's different. Mm -hmm. The weather's different. How many people are on the track is different. Everything about it. And that's how I feel like every time I speak, (laughs) it's always different. I know how to speak on some level, but you never know how it's going to be. What's the personality of the room? So it, it keeps me very tethered to the Lord. And I also am very aware that I can think that I've got this really amazing point. And it can be something that I said just off the cuff that ministered to somebody, or it can be strictly, it was the passage, the scripture that I read that the Lord illuminated Mm -hmm. for that person. So I enjoy speaking. It always stresses me. I like to have spoken. Right. So a lot of people (laughs) say they like to have written. They don't like to write. They like to have written. I, I would say I like speaking okay, but I like to have spoken because it's always a little nerve wracking. Every time, right? Just you want to connect. Mm-hmm. I also think one of the challenges too for me right now is that we live in a po- we truly live in a post Christian culture. So even ten or fifteen years ago, if I was speaking on Abraham or right. if I was speaking on Noah or if I was in one of Paul's epistles, people knew the context. Right now, there's I know that there are a lot of people that truly have no context, and so I want that person to feel ministered to. I don't want that person to feel left out. But that really means tailoring how you're Mm -hmm. teaching and what you're speaking. Mm -hmm. And so that's a a challenge that I'm still navigating. Right, right. Um, And can you just summarize just real briefly what your key message to that group of women? Yeah, so... Ezra, the book of Ezra, mm-hmm. and and it, it, it's it's a lot of fun because I love I love teaching about this, and so if you want to go back and and listen, which I'm assuming that yep, will be we will have available. It recorded. Mm-hmm. So it's really just all about not missing the bigger picture, not missing the big picture. So we get so busy in our lives, and I am the chief offender here, where the plumbing goes out, or I didn't get my nails done for the event that I've got coming up or whatever it might be that just completely throws me off and I miss what God is doing right in front of me and the people in Ezra's day and in Nehemiah's day they were all scattered in the Persian empire and again a little history that Jerusalem had been busted up blown open because of their sin and rebellion and so all of those people went to live scattered 700 miles away for some of them well about 40 years after the exile the, the king of Persia allowed whoever wanted to return to go rebuild the temple. 
A few years after that, he allowed whoever wanted to return to bring God's word back. A few years after that, he allowed whoever wanted to return to rebuild the city of Jerusalem under a few different kings. But that's basically the summary. And I always think about what what about the people that stayed and were like, you know what? I'm pretty good in Persia. Life's comfortable. Yeah, we don't have the temple anymore. Yeah, we don't really know God the way we used to. Yeah, we've had to switch all of our traditions and our worship and all that. But this is it's okay. It's good. But the people that sacrificed to go back and got to be part of rebuilding the wall, restoring the word of God, rebuilding Jerusalem, man, they got to be part of an everlasting story. And But they were invited, which is so awesome. The name of, of the event is an invitation, and you can say no to an invitation. And there were a lot of people. In fact, there were very few people that said, yes, I'm going to say yes. And there was a lot of sacrifice, and there was a lot of hardship. But boy, I don't think any of them would have traded it for the world. And here we get to read about them all these years later. And you go to Matthew's gospel and Jesus invites us to go and to make disciples, you know, and to, to baptize and to, to be a living testament of, of who he is. That's an invitation. And what happens is we compartmentalize that and we squeeze it into an hour at church maybe, maybe if we're really over the top, a Bible study throughout the week but it hasn't permeated our whole lives. We haven't said yes to the whole invitation. Mm. And and that's what I hope for those who missed it and can go back and listen, that they can see that we, we still are being invited. Absolutely. I love that. I love it so much. It's just the heart. It captures the heart of what we want to keep um, pressing into our women um, because our goal for them is that they grow to be more like Jesus every day. And so what is that? the invitation, it's not about showing up to Bible study. It's not, the invitation is from Jesus. And um, sometimes we try to accept little pieces of the invitation, but there's a whole, <laughs> a whole thing that oh, yeah. he has for us. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so just, I, I just love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, well, just to, before we wrap up here, just tell us what is new with Kelly Minter. What what do you have going on? What's on the horizon? Well, writing the book, the new Bible study for yes. Esther, which I'm super excited about, yep. and uh, continuing with the Cultivate podcast, which is really fun, and uh, looking forward to doing some fresh, see, uh, it's already fresh, but even a different type of format in 2024 that's going to be exciting with a few more guests, which will be really fun. And just continuing the work with Justice and Mercy International, which I love, and doing those everyday things that are life-giving for me, having people over, you know, cooking, taking walks, riding the electric bike down the (laughs) greenway, and then, of course, continuing to travel this fall and spring as the Lord allows, which has been, has been wonderful, too, so those are, that's kind of. That's kind of what's going on. That is awesome. Well, Kelly, before we wrap up, we have uh, one question that we always ask at the end of each season. And this season is, what is one word to describe this season for you? Rest. Rest. Now I'm about to get out of that season. (laughs) But but yeah, but rest, I would say it's been a, it's been a, a non-stressful season and so yeah 
the Lord's been restorative for me. No, oh, he's he is so good. He is so good. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today and for all the ways that you do partner with us in ministry um, and serving the local church and just being a part of our lives and opening up your heart and your time for us today. Um, ladies, thank you so much for listening to As You Go podcast. If you are interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. As You Go podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.